Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining, joined by my co-host this evening, Scott Kramer from New York. Scott, how are you doing this evening? Pretty good. How are you? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you great. I hear you great. I think I have Justin already on the line. Um, I'm Terrific. Just, just so he can hear me, I want to let him know I'm going to sit, let him sit there for like two or three more minutes and then bring him on. Uh, there's just Excellent. some things I wanted to talk about. But um, first, I want to thank you for sitting in for Jeremy while he's on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> sure, anytime. You know, um, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I told you that before, and I just think that, you know, you fit in perfect here, and eventually we're going to find a little spot for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I, I love doing it. In here. Um, but <laughs> tonight um, we have a special guest joining us, and um, it's Justin B. Smith, and you can visit his website at justinbsmith.com, and you can also visit him on PauseIM. He has a blog called Justin HIV Journal, um, which uh, you can find on his website, again, at Justin B. Smith, or you can find it on PauseIM because he is one of our bloggers there. So I'm really excited to have him come on and share his story with us. And I'm actually even more excited because I'm going to meet him um, next Sunday when I'm, I'm speaking at an event in D.C., and he's going to be there. So it's always nice to meet people face you know? Great. Yeah, it's always so cool to meet people face-to-face after seeing them online and sort of knowing their story and being uh, members of the Pazam community together. Right, because you feel like you're know you feel like you friends with them and you know them, but you really, I don't know, you always feel like you're really not that connected because you haven't really met them in person, like, like kind of <laughs> with Jeremy. Like, I feel like I know Jeremy and even you really well, but we haven't met in person, so I just feel like, you know what I mean? Right, we have to have a Pazam convention somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> so um, before I bring uh, Justin on, uh, just real quick, I wanted to inform people that um, this Wednesday coming up, because we are a biweekly show if it's the first time you're listening, um, we also are live on Wednesday afternoons at 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and my co-host on that day is Jack McEnroth. And this Wednesday we have a gentleman who is 18 years old and just graduated high school named Brian Jackson, and he's going to come on and um, – Talk about, you know, his situation, his life, and how he's dealt with being HIV positive through high school. You know, I think that's important to share because, I mean, you don't think that people in high school would get HIV or they would have HIV, you know what I mean? You just don't, you just don't think about that. So I'd like to know what it was like for him to go through high school like that because I know I was teased. And, <laughs> and to be so vocal about it at such a young age I think is um, awesome. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, let me bring Justin on the air here. Justin B. Smith, welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good, Justin. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, Justin. I'm glad to uh, be speaking to you after looking at your blogs and your website. Oh, it's good to be here, guys. I really appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to talk. Oh, anytime, actually. It's funny, Justin, because we met through um, Sean Henderson, right? Yes, exactly. He's um, the moderator for DC Young Paws um, groups, on, a Yahoo group that, um, that I am a part of, yes. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. And then um, when he knew I was looking for, for bloggers and stuff, it was interesting that he, he directed me right to you, like, instantly. And, and, like I, and as soon as I went to your, your blog and, and seen it, and um, the direct link to your blog, justinshivjournal.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. Right, that's director. They can just go to Justin B. Smith and find it there. That's right. And I think Scott, I know you can agree with me because you viewed some of his videos. That's my favorite part about it is I love the whole videos that you put up. Absolutely, and, you know, it's such it's a different personal. experience. Sorry to interrupt. And you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> and you know, actually, it's funny. I, I keep getting uh, people that are older than me that are saying that this is exactly what we need because a lot of people don't see an in-the-face look at um, what we have to, we as HIV-positive people have to go through 
every single day or, you know, a glimpse into our a glimpse into our lives, like actually going to the hospital and going to the clinic visits and actually getting your medication and what a headache that can be. I mean, you know, because I think I believe my medications cost without insurance about $1,800. And with insurance, you know, I still pay a pretty chunk. Um, it's uh, like around, I think I just I just got a refill and I just got new insurance and it cost me about $300. Oh, and that's monthly. It's like a car payment. Yeah, and that's a car payment. <laughs> and actually, thank goodness, thank goodness, I drive a '84 Monte Carlo, which which I have no car payment for. So, I guess that's way of God's way of you know taking it out of my butt somewhere somehow. <laughs> so, Justin, I just want to um, back up a little bit and 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 talk a little bit about um, where you were born, raised, and you know, kind of your story before HIV. Oh, wow. Well, I can just tell you that right now I was a spoiled brat. I <laughs> I I was born in one of the one of the nicest places in 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 the Maryland or even actually in the United States. It's Montgomery County, Maryland, Silver Spring, Maryland. And um I was pretty much born with a silver spoon in my mouth. You know, I pretty much got anything I wanted just by kind of, you know, stamping my feet or holding my breath for 30 seconds. <laughs> and, you know, um, when I was 19, when I was starting to act out a little, like, um, you know, when I kind of my sexuality overwhelmed me um, and, I, and I chose to um, kind of live my life the way I wanted to live it and I didn't want to be told not to, um, I left my house at 19 years old. And I, I moved to D.C., which was a, you know, when they say this is the real world, I was not ready at all for the real world. I had three jobs. And um, in the morning time, I was working as an intern at um, a government agency called HUD. In the afternoon, I was a waiter. And at night, I was a stripper. And I was literally you know, killing myself to make ends meet because, I mean, a waiter – an intern, and a stripper. Well, that's minimum wage right there, all three jobs in one. <laughs> I mean, it was really, really hard. Um, and then I just kind of looked at myself in the mirror, and I pretty much I was 19 going on 20, but I looked like I was 40 because it's so many hours of working. And then I saw a bus go by that said, Aim High, United States Air Force. And I thought about it for a good minute, and I chose to join the Air Force, and I did. In '99. Wow, what was that like? That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know I know a lot of um, gay people that do not have the same experiences that I do with "Don't Ask, Don't Tell." Um, but I actually had a really good experience in the Air Force when I was gay. I mean, when I was in the Air Force. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, when I was gay. Um, <laughs> I um, I went to the Air Force. I did basic training. I pretty much did very well. Then I went to tech school, and lo and behold, um, <laughs> lo and behold, my roommate was from New York, and he was very hot. <laughs> and um, let's just say that we weren't friends after that. We were <laughs> we were very close. Right. <laughs> very, very close. <laughs> very, very close. <laughs> But overall, so the experience of being in the Air Force is it is it something you would recommend, or like is it something I, that helps form you, know, you into who you are? Or? You know, it's funny. Um, I have a I have a feeling that me just saying just from my opinion that I would probably not be here on this earth if it wasn't for the Air Force, if it wasn't for the military. I think um, personally, at least in my opinion, that it, it is. It was a very good experience, and I do recommend it for anyone that wants to go in and serve. I don't care if you're gay or straight or what what have you. I, I believe that it, it was a good experience for me, and um, but I know that a lot of people do not see it that way because you do not be, you are not able to be who you are openly, and that is the problem with don't ask, don't tell. And I, I really hope that Obama takes it down, takes it out, and. Um, Eradicates don't ask to tell. So what made um, what made it so good? 
Well, I think it was the people that I had um, actually helping me and actually being there. I mean, I kind of made friends rather quickly, and I made friends with a group of gay guys. And um, kind of like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you your gaydar is going off, and you know exactly who's gay and who's not. And you know, I guess when I I guess when they saw me switching down the street, you know, they're like, oh, grab him, he can be our friend. <laughs> and um, you know. All of them, James, Tyler, and Chris, actually, they're um, still very near and dear to me. Um, even though I have no idea where they are anymore, I lost contact with all three of them. Um, but, um, yeah, they really helped me. They helped me. They were my support system. So that's it was, um, yeah, I really had a strong support system there, and that's what made it what it was. I mean, I got the training I needed. You know, I, I did what I had to do. I was actually pretty good physically. I was, like, top of the class, like, as soon as the basic training was over. It was really nice. I liked it. I'm a very and kind of, like, physical kind of guy. So. <laughs> um, I'm sort of jumping the gun a little bit, but I just wanted to ask, uh, you had mentioned medications and how much they cost you. Is there, um, I thought that there was a, I don't know, some sort of special program for people that had already been in some branch of the military and that it would be, I don't know, cheaper or free or something. Is that not the case? Well, well, it is the case if you were infected while you were in the military. If you were not infected while you were in the military, there's nothing they can, I mean, they can give you care, but it's still going to, it still might cost you. It will cost, actually it will cost you because that was one of my, that was one of my first questions to my doctor at the VA because I'm a disabled veteran, but I'm not disabled because I have HIV. I'm disabled because I have thyroid disease. Okay. And so when I went to my doctor at the VA and I was very open and I said, well, you know, there's something I have to tell you. And he said, what is it? And I said, I have HIV. And he said, well, I want you to be, I want you to get care here. And I said, okay, well, I understand that, but is it going to cost me the same as getting care from another facility? Uh, facility, facility. And he said, well, it's probably going to be the same, I mean, because there's no way that they can give it to me for free because that is not my disability. Yeah. Okay. So well, I get no compensation for that. Well, that sucks. But that's um, good clarification. Thanks for uh, for letting us know about that. Yeah, no problem. And if anybody out there actually has a different experience, I would love to hear it because, <laughs> you know, it would let me, maybe I could do something <laughs> about that <laughs> on my end. It'd be nice to get medication for free. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, when I didn't have a job, of course, um, I did have a job at one point, and so I had to get on ADAP. And in Maryland, we're really in Maryland. It actually has a really good health system in Maryland. Um, so I got on ADAP pretty quickly, and my drugs were free. But then when you know I had I found a job, I had to change that, and um, then my meds cost around 182. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm a federal get this, now that I'm a federal worker, my meds cost more. Really? And I yeah, they cost more. And I and I'm like, okay, Blue Cross Blue Shield is what I'm going with. And maybe I need to go analyze that for myself because my meds cost about my my medication costs about $300. So it's kind of like, well, I thought that I would get better benefits. Absolutely, and, and I mean, I for one want to thank you so much for your service. I think that it's um, so important and empowering to hear people that have been in service to help this country um, where it is, thank no matter you. what's going on in the political field and in the political arena. Um, but, uh, you know, I always support the the soldiers and people who are helping this country, so I thank you for thank that. Thank you. Thank you very much, and I appreciate hearing that because a lot of people give you slack for when you are in the military, and I can't believe you're in the military. We need to be peaceful. I'm like, well, I understand that, but I needed a job. <laughs> I understand that, but I needed a job. I needed a check. So let's be real. <laughs> I personally don't want to go to war. I'm not a warmonger. I don't want to go to war. But, you know, I did it because I need I need my education paid for. I need to help others with bills, and so I did it, and I and I feel good about what I did, my service to my country. Where did you Absolutely. go and, and serve at? Say again? Where did you go and serve at? 
I served at Dover Air Force Base actually during 9/11. Oh, okay. Which, which was horrible because every single dead body that the military has to deal with comes to Dover Air Force Base in oh. Delaware. Yeah. Every single one. So when the Pentagon got hit, they all came here. To De- I mean, they all came to, Do- to Dover while I was there. And I, s- I signed up for mortuary duty to help out with that. But then when I found out a friend of mine had died in the Pentagon, I, I, I just couldn't do it. So now let's um, back up after you leave um, the military. You leave with your awards, right, and, and decorations. Yeah, honorable discharge. And, um, and 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 what happened after that? Well, I met up. Go. <laughs> well, um, I was seeing someone in Washington D.C. and I moved to Washington D.C. to be with him, um, and um, uh, that did not work out. <laughs> um, and it was off and on for about I think about two years, and I just couldn't do it anymore. It just wasn't the right match and um then that's when it all kind of came down on me that's when um i moved out on my own and i started going out a lot i started drinking a lot i started i was in the drug scene a little bit as well um and i started stripping again and you know i don't know if you know about that kind of industry but a lot of people that were in 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 that industry do a lot of drugs some people right. are. I'm not going to say all, but some people right. do. Um, but it's it's drugs are, you know, they're they're so easy. They're so easy to find, so yeah. so easy. And you know, when when you do when you do those things, your inhibitions go down, and you really don't care. A lot of time, a lot of times, you don't care who you go home with. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of trouble I got into. I used to go out to the bar and think, considering the bar was literally right down the street from my apartment. It wasn't that hard. Right. So it was it was really it was really me I think being lonely. And a lot of us um a lot of us um LGBTers have that issue about especially when you become out of relationship like like um a really good relationship. You feel lonely and you start to do things that you probably didn't think you'd be you'd be doing like drugs, like drinking, like going out and having promiscuous sex. Right, and then when but, you're on those uh, drugs and drinking, you know, you're not thinking when you're You don't think about it. Sex. Right, you don't <laughs> you think know, about it. You're like, okay, this feels good. Thing from your mind. Right, you're like, this feels good. <laughs> I don't really want to stop. <laughs> but, um, you know, it just, it just, it just didn't, I just didn't, sometimes I'd wake up the next morning and literally my door one time, actually, my door was propped wide open to my apartment. Wow. Wide open. And we're in D.C., so you can imagine you know, how scared I was when I woke up totally naked and my door is wide open. And with my key in the, in the door. Huh. Wow. That is scary. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, that's when I was like, okay, look, Justin, let's get it together. <laughs> You know, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, I've this had many crazy. nights when, when you come home and you don't remember driving home. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, and considering I that a... I can walk. Okay. Oh, no. no, I was just saying, and considering I could walk, it's just like, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it made it so much easier for me to just take somebody home. Right, I have a caller on the line. Um, I had a caller who was on earlier, and... I was waiting until we were done talking a little bit so they could oh, call sorry. back on. And if anyone, no, you're fine. If anyone out there listening who is not in the chat room and would like to call in, you can call in at 347-215-9442. And I'm going to bring this caller on here. So, uh, okay. If I can click on it. There we go. The caller 678. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Okay, I didn't. They must have hung up. Wow. <laughs> so they can all call back in because for some reason. Well, but they will, hopefully they'll call back. <laughs> <laughs> He's still on the line, so okay. So anyway, so um, moving on, you were diagnosed um, HIV positive in 2005. 
Well, actually, I was infected in 2005. I was diagnosed in 2006. Okay. Right. And, I, um, uh, say again? No, go ahead. Well, the reason why the kind of reason the reason why I know this is because I know who infected me and how and when and where and how and um <clears throat> and um that actually when I was diagnosed, I woke up one time and I wasn't feeling too good. My bed was full of sweat, and I didn't understand why and I'm like, why do I have any night sweats and I have satin sheets, so it's like <laughs> like you know i you know I didn't understand. It's not like it was cotton or heavy sheets. So right. then when I woke up and I literally kind of propped myself um, kind of to stand up out of bed, I threw up twice on the side of my bed, threw up once trying to get to the toilet, threw up twice on the side of the toilet, and got actually the last time that I threw up, I actually got it inside the toilet. <laughs> oh, my God. So I was like, well, at least I got one out of five. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when... Um, when I when I when that happened that day, I just was like, something is wrong. Something is totally wrong, and I have to go get tested. Something tells me that I have to go get tested. And of course, I was thinking maybe it's just a 24-hour flu, you know, maybe it's just a stomach virus or something. I was like, this can't be HIV. I can't be HIV infected. This is this doesn't happen. You know, and of course, you know, my first thought was, this does not happen to me. This does not happen to me. I'm 26 years old. Right. That was my first thought. You know, it was kind of like pure ignorance on my part since I had worked at an HIV organization before. You know, it was like I was like, this doesn't happen to me. This can't happen to me. What the hell? I'm Justin B. Smith. You know, this. It was very ignorant on my part just to even think about that. But I went to the same HIV organization called Us Helping Us People Into Living Incorporated in Washington D.C. and um. I went in and they said, well, um, I got tested with the Orishar 20-minute 20, um, test. Right. And they said, Mr. Smith, you're HIV positive. Hmm. And, yeah. And I broke down, of course. Was that Say like, um, was that very soon after um, you, you were having those night sweats and stuff, or? Very soon after. Okay. Very soon after. Okay. And so they um, told you you were HIV positive. Yeah, and then I, I cried, and I called my best friend, um, Brian, who came over and hugged me. And actually, luckily, he had that day, he had the day off, and I actually was, I don't think I was working at that time. So um, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I said, oh, my God, the, my first thought, a lot of people's first thought is that I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. No, that wasn't my first thought. My first thought was that I was not going to be able to conceive children, not going to be able to help conceive children or have my my children, um, because that that was one of my things that I really really wanted and still want. You know, I still want to have children, adopt or what have you. Just um, one sec. Let me just. Um, there's people on the lines. The lines are flooded. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll remember where we were. We were talking about how you wanted to have kids. Still, kids, so we'll, right. We'll remember where that is. Let me just bring these people on because they've been waiting patiently. I'm sure my partner is listening to you're on the air. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi, who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Jeff. Um, I'm from Indiana. Um, I'm the background. Hey, what's up? Uh, this um, questions for Justin. Um, hi. I put you, hi, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Awesome. Um, I put your um, blog on my website early on, and because I like what you do and what, and I believe in what you do and your stories and everything, and um, I'm going to be putting more on my website here in the future. I have to upgrade my website. Website. I can't talk tonight, and. Um, but anyway, I had a question for you. Um, you say you're an activist. Is that true? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And when um, you know about the activists that um, got arrested this week in Washington, D.C.? Yes, I do. You're talking about the 26 activists in the Capitol. Yeah. I, um, I want to know a little bit more what you thought about that. And then I have another thing. Um, my um, employer... Um, 
my copay on my Atripla from uh, $35 a month to $447 a month going on the fourth year. Um, and I've had to actually disclose to my workplace. And I, I saw where you said that you disclosed to your employer um, yeah. and just recently. And I had to go, actually go into my human resource department and say, well, this medication isn't like a uh, bare aspirin and I can go to a sugar brand. I have to, you know, this <laughs> like an HIV med that I can't, you know, just yeah. go right to the And so I actually had to tell them that I have HIV, and now they're trying to work with me, but I don't know if this is true with every situation. Um, what I want to know is, do you think that this will be a trend um, with all the HIV um, meds going to a fourth tier when people are working at Walmart, Burger King, I don't care where you work at, IBM, um, Microsoft, are all the... Um, Companies that be making these HIV meds go into a fourth tier, which you have to pay 25% of the cost, um, and it's not like a you know. And I can't afford, I can't get into Ryan White, Adapt, or anything because my um, you know Indiana does not offer any of that. So I. Right. So anyway, I just want to know if that's that you think that you have to start doing is going to, to their human resource to disclose their status to negotiate lower. Medication costs, is this a new trend? And what was your what do you think about the uh, sit in at the Capitol? Those are great questions. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, wow. they are very loaded. <laughs> well, actually, um I I was told actually on the train when I was on my way to on my way home from work and my friend B J actually told me about um the, the activists that were arrested and I kinda looked into it. And I believe that I honestly believe that they did the right thing. I honestly believe that, you know, this is America, and we have the right to actually say what we need to say in a peaceful manner. Um, those people did not have guns. Those people did not have, you know, knives or anything, you know, of violence. They had signs, and that was it, and their voices. And that's exactly what we need. That that kind of activism is, you know, is I am so appreciative of it because it takes a lot of bravery and a lot of heart to actually go in the capital of the United States. I mean, you know, it's like you walked into the capital and you decided to protest. That took a lot of guts. That took a lot of balls. So I do appreciate that. Um, Them getting arrested, hmm, well, you did walk into the capitol. (laughs) You know, know, I think that those activists, when you have those kind of activists, they kind of know what's coming. They do right. know that they can be arrested. They know that that's coming. So I don't blame them at all. You know, I, I think what they did was right. Um, as for, as a, what, your question with the insurance and the um, disclosing at work, I believe that the more that we disclose at work, the better off we'll be. Only because, only because if you decide if you're working and you get sick and you get sick and you need a week or two weeks or even a month because you're hospitalized, what are you going to tell your employer? Are you going to tell your employer you have TB? Or are you going to tell your employer? I mean, you, you need to be truthful and honest. I'm not, saying to, I'm not telling everyone to disclose at work. I'm just saying I did it because I want my employer to know what's going on. So just in case something happens to me, that at least she has an idea. And right. she can actually work with me, and hopefully, you know, will not and I will not be fired. You know, <laughs> it's like you know, you know, that's the thing with disclosing at work. I believe that it's a it's a good thing. And looking at the future, considering that you know the the economic status of this country, you know, a lot of us do have blue collar jobs. A lot of us do have these jobs that are minimum wage, even white collar jobs that are minimum wage. You know, we don't make a lot of money. So those of us that don't make a lot of money have to pay these, you know, hundreds of dollars to get the med- get the meds that we need. Um, it, it's it's horrifying. It's horrifying to think that that's where this country is going. Um, and as far as the co-payments and everything, it's just it just kind of amazes me why in this great country that we have to pay so much for medication just to survive. It's crazy. Uh, like I told you, the lines are flooded. I have. Um, about four more people on the phone. We'll get to you next All time. Right. Go to area code 904, which 
I think his dad, but um, we'll make sure. Welcome to Podcast Radio. Who's this? <laughs> hey, guys. How are you all doing? Hey, Dad. How are you? Uh, doing good. Doing good. I just How are you, Justin? Good. How uh, are you? Doing pretty good. I just hey, wanted to congratulate. <laughs> hey, Scott. I, w- I wanted to congratulate you on sharing your story, especially about how you thought you were invincible at a young age. Um, yeah. Currently, in many cities, we have young gay men that are testing positive in numbers that we haven't seen in over a decade. Right. Yep. And it's just so important that we get the message back into the gay community. Not that it doesn't also need to be in the minority and women's community, but I think gay men have started being left on the sidelines a little bit, and that's causing the increase in the new infection rate. Right, and also I think that a lot of this young, a lot of the young um, gay men think that, um, well, one, they think that in, I'm just going to have to, I can take a pill and I'll be fine, and that's going to be it. And, you know, HIV is controllable and it's fine, and I'll be fine. I just take a couple pills and I'll be good back in the game. And I think that that's a very harmful perception to have, and it's and it's it's just wrong. It's and that's the reason one of the reasons why I came up with the journal because I'm like, okay, well, you know, with all those pills, you got to deal with liver damage, kidney damage, diarrhea, headache, stomach ache. You know, it's all these things that you have no idea. You have no idea that go with HIV meds, and a lot of them weren't around to see the tragedy as the 1980s and 90s, when hundreds of thousands of, you know, of our brothers and sisters were being killed by this disease. Well, and another problem is most of the people living with the virus today turned positive since 96. They, they didn't know the days before medications. They didn't know the days before we had Ryan White funding to get the help that we do have, which isn't enough, or we wouldn't have four states with waiting lists for ADAP programs. Yes, that's right. Yes, and it, that, thank you for bringing that up. But I look forward. Uh, you're going to be at the summit from the 20th to the 22nd, correct? I will be. Actually, I have to work. <laughs> <laughs> I have to work, but I will be on, I think, Monday night there's a reception at around 6.30. I will okay. be there. I, I will be there. I you then. Oh, are you going to be there? <laughs> well, we'll all oh, I'm bringing my camera. Okay. <laughs> well, it was great talking Love you, to Dad. you, and you have a great weekend, guys. Thanks, Dad. Have a nice. Bye, Dad. Bye, Daddy. All right, let me bring the next caller on. Area code 717. Welcome to Pause IM Radio. Hi there. Hi, who's this? Where are you calling Hi. from? This is Rob Marchetti from Camp Hill or Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Hello, Justin. How are you? Hello, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. You Good. know, I have like 300 things jotted down on this little piece of paper here because, <laughs> of course, everything that everyone says tonight is striking a chord. Um, ah. But let me start at the beginning, and Justin, let me say thanks for being who you are, for being out there, for being honest and candid. Because when we talk about uh, our younger brothers and sisters who are out there doing all the reckless things that we did, uh, possibly getting themselves into the same situation that we are, but let me stop there and say I don't feel like there's anything wrong with my situation. If you told me I could take a pill today and be straight, I wouldn't take it. If you told me right. you could take HIV away, I would let you do it, but I wouldn't take the, let you take the experience back. Right, exactly, Cause because that's, where we, that's how we learn. So All of the yep. things that we were out there doing before, we were doing not because we broke up with our boyfriend or life isn't working out. We haven't learned to love ourselves. And until we right. start to accept and love all of our brothers and sisters equally, especially the young Exactly. Ones. Harvey Firestein, exactly. who I adore, at the uh, end of one of those CBS in the life things, you know, he gets on his soapbox. He right. said, <laughs> when, th- when this community, when AIDS hit this community, we banded together and we did a wonderful job removing the stigma associated with HIV and AIDS related illnesses. Yes, did. But we did too good of a job. Because now people, yeah. in some cases, it's nothing. 
So they don't mind you being it. out there and I being out there and saying, I am HIV positive, I have a productive life, I love myself, I can take care of myself, and this is exactly what my life entails. Right. Seven emodium a day. You know, we could go on. <laughs> right. All of yeah, the exactly. ways that HIV complicates life doesn't make it unlivable, but let's be real and honest with everybody, this is a chronic yet manageable illness. Right. Right, and if I didn't have to take three pills a day, then I wouldn't. Three? Gosh, I'm jealous. Yeah, I'd take three <laughs> pills a day. Norvir, Shavada, and Reyes. I'm also horrified to learn that Indiana has no ADAP funding? None. None. So people who are uninsured in Indiana and are HIV positive are out of luck. Dying on the list. Fabulous. Dying, literally. <laughs> and I think the same as Nebraska. Same with, like, uh, I think, like, five other states. My friend, actually, um, and soon-to-be relative, Brandon Maxada, actually, um, in his organization, he um, actually educated me on that. And I was, I didn't even know that. Like, I was on ADAP in Maryland and thinking everything, everybody's on ADAP. But he's like, oh, no, Justin, here are the states that don't have it. And these people are literally on a waiting list, dying on a waiting list, because they don't, they, they don't have ADAP. That's extraordinary. In Pennsylvania, if things are still the way they were last time I checked, uh, even those with insurance who have exorbitant copays can get ADAP funding to cover those. Mm-hmm. So come on up to Pennsylvania. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in Maryland, so. <laughs> Not too far away. There you go. Well, thanks for calling in. I want to move down to the couple callers that are waiting online. Have a good night, guys. My pleasure. Thank you. Let's see, um, bringing the next caller on, area code 337. What's your name and where are you calling from? That would be me? Yes, it's you. Who's this? Okay. This is Dwayne from Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm sorry, what was your name? Hey, Dwayne. Dwayne from Lafayette, Louisiana. How you doing, Dwayne? Welcome to the show. All right. And I'm one of the fortunate ones and all. I've been positive since 88. Wow. and um, like they were just discussing about the, the the youngsters now, they became complacent. And uh, you go out today, and it's like it was in the 70s, if not worse. They think nothing could harm them. And it's like uh, I did a reality check for a few of them. I took my meds. You take three a day, I take about 40. Wow. 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 So oh I, my gosh. So what I did so what I did, I put it I have a printer scanner for my computer. I put it on mm-hmm. there and I posted it on my Facebook and they they <laughs> some of them weren't too happy. I said, Well, that's what happened. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's, not, it's in your face now. You can't deny it. That's it. Now for for disclosing to anybody when I got tested, no. Now I could care less. I know, because it's like people need to know. Dwayne, can you please uh-huh. face, um, friend me on Facebook? Wait, what's that? Can you friend me on Facebook? I would love yes. to see that. Yes. Dwayne Thank you. It's D-W-A-Y-N-E, and the last name is B-O-U-R-Q-U-E. Okay. And I'm writing my family's. My, my well, I should say my story on. Uh, wait, I'll tell you in a second. <laughs> I'm doing two <laughs> things at one time. Uh, oh my god! About a month and a half ago, and this is gonna floor you. I found out my younger brother died of AIDS. Oh my god! Sorry to hear that. Six years ago. Oh, wow! I'm and very just, sorry to I, hear that. And I just found out about it. Oh my I knew, gosh! I had knew he was positive, but his was from from drug related. I knew he was uh-huh. positive. Lives only fifty miles away, and when one family member from my this side of the family died, I decided to contact my other side of the family. Couldn't get in touch with nobody. Everything's disconnected. This, that, and everything. I started getting worried. Mm-hmm. My older brother calls me on a Monday morning and tells me. I have some bad news. 
and then he told me I I I lost it. But um, sorry to hear that. I really am. It, well, it, it happens, you know. And like the, like the previous caller said, would I would I exchange all the experiences? No. I've I've been with the same person. For, well, well, I'm I'm still living with the same person. We're no longer really a couple. We're just living together. But he's still negative. I know. I I I wouldn't wish this on anybody. Right. But but most people don't. They don't think. Right. They get drunk. They go home, do something stupid, and think, "Oh, I'm invincible." I, I like you. I got tested when I was 26. And from the time I was released, uh, honorably discharged from the Army, till 26, you know, I had one sexual encounter, and it would be the one that would got that got me in trouble. Ah, so. Wow. Well, the good thing is, is that both of you are doing so much um, through the web and other ways to, you know, spread the word about um, safer sex and how to protect yourself. And by by telling your story, you empower others to make smart decisions. Right, right, right. absolutely. And I want to thank Dwayne for calling right. in. Um, we have one more caller left, and then we're going to get back to you, Justin, because I really want to talk to you. But you have to take care of that everybody's calling in. So, you know, we're going to work. We'll have you back on another time. <laughs> that would be cool. I would love to. Area code 310, you're on the air. Hey, what's up, Justin? It's Kenji. Hey, Kenji. <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> what's up, bro? I love you, Kenji Cat. I love you too, baby. Um, I was, I'm out doing my Sunday dinner outreach, and I was like, damn, there's something I'm supposed to be doing today. And I was like, Justin, God, God, I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, you cannot have two. You can have one, only one. Um, Kenji and I yeah. were supposed to get together back when I was actually I visited San Francisco um, last oh, this year actually in March I believe I think it was in March. Yes, yes. And um, Kenji was not feeling too well, and I was like, man, I need to meet Kenji. I need to meet Kenji because I only <laughs> talked to him I think like twice on the phone, and. Yeah, <laughs> and we've been friends ever since, and it's just, Kenji is just, he says that I inspire him, but he inspires me, so. No, trust me, when I first saw your your first, the very first HIV journal that I saw of yours was um, shortly after I was diagnosed, and I already knew that I wanted to speak out about it, but when I saw your video, I was like, okay, cool, if he can do it, I can do it. You can do it, right. I can definitely do it. Um. One thing that I that I that I admire and respect about you is just you're you're just so in your face with it, and that is something that I think you're just so honest, um, and I think that's something that totally needs to happen in the conversation with HIV and AIDS. You hear doctors say, "Oh, you're okay." No, an HIV patient is never going to be okay. It's okay. Manageable, yeah. but we're not okay. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. And then a, another thing that I wanted to say was. Um, Regardless of how any of us got it, drug use, promiscuality, we have it. And it's up to all of us, old and young, to raise the bar and get out there and do what we can to at least put a dent in this, to slow it down, to protect our younger brothers and sisters and even our older brothers and sisters that are out doing some things as well that they shouldn't be doing. It's it's up to all of us to be the change that we want to see in HIV and AIDS. Right. That's right. Oh, I gotta I might be coming um on uh, um at the end of the month. I might be. I can't even make any promises yet. So coming to DC? Yes. Uh, okay, you better. I'll know in a week. I'll know in a week. I'll know in a week. So it'll be so cool if I can make it. Okay, bring your dad's ace bear. Oh, I'm definitely going to bring my dad to Ace Bear. He's actually <laughs> out with me right now, catechizing homeless people. <laughs> Mine is lonely. He need, she needs a brother. So. Oh, yours is a girl? Yeah, mine is a girl. Um, I don't know why he gave me the girl. I don't know. <laughs> he gave me it the rambunctious boy. <laughs> it says MissTeddyBear.com on it. I was like, oh, okay. So I guess it's a girl. <laughs> it could be like, wow, okay. But you know what? He did <laughs> But he did you know what he did say? I think he said that the reason why he gave me this bear is because actually he 
but this was this was his children's bear. This was the bear that he did give children, um, give children with HIV and AIDS. So I was like, I feel really blessed. I feel really happy, and I appreciate that he actually thought about me like that. So I was like, oh, he thinks I'm a kid. <laughs> yeah, he actually, I mean, he blew me away when he asked me to be an ambassador. I was like, are you serious? I cuss a lot. Are you sure? Right. I was like, I can't be an ambassador. I was like, an ambassador of hope? Are you sure? Yeah, because, um, an ambassador of kick rocks, maybe. <laughs> right. I was like, I was just talking about stripping and doing drugs and stuff like that. You really want me to be an ambassador of hope? Really? Okay. I'll try. <laughs> All right, Justin, you got to record a video of your, um, that means you got to do a girl voice. Of your of your bear. <laughs> That's why I didn't do a girl voice. <laughs> That's why I didn't do that. That's why I did not do that. No, no, see, don't get me on the air. All the fans are gonna be like, Yeah, I can't wait till Justin does it. That's funny. It'll be like him in drag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Robert, you gotta do it too. I know, dude, I'm working on it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Don't try to get all See? quiet back there. Yeah. See, look at the host. Yep. Mm-hmm. Host was on show. <laughs> all right, That's Justin, funny. I love you. Robert, you know I got mad respect love and love for you. Is that Jeremy or Jack? It's actually Scott. It's Scott. Oh, it's Scott. Me, Scott. Oh, Scott, do I know you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I? Well, in, I guess so, uh, through the website and stuff, yeah. Okay, well, i got to tease you a little bit more, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Kenji, thanks for calling in, man. All right, bye, guys. Have fun. Bye, Kenji. Bye, Kenji. Right. i got one more caller on the line. So let's bring this one on here. Sure. Um, where did they go? Area code 954, you're on the air. Who's this? Hello? And Hello, caller. Hello. Okay, so back to you, Justin. Um, <laughs> since you know. Um, okay, we're talking about kids. Right. Yeah. Um, we're, we got like 15 minutes, so. Uh, okay. No problem. So. Talk this... about, um, God, you can talk about that. Go ahead. Okay. Well, just real quick, the first thought that I thought when I was positive was I won't be able to have kids, and the second thought was that what are my parents going to think of me now because of how they bought me up and how they raised me. I I felt like I was a supreme disappointment, a really big because I actually they were accepting of me for the most part of me being, you know, me being gay. So the first thing what they told me was, you know, even my dad my dad gave me my first condom and said be responsible. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like kind of like I felt really bad. And then the third thing I thought was I'm going to die, and that was and I think that that was that's a very important thing to be said because. I don't know if that's maybe that's how my mentality is because I don't think of me dying. I'm not really afraid of death. I don't embrace it, <laughs> but I'm not afraid of it. And I think that that's what makes me so strong now is that my parents actually instilled in me that, you know, just to be strong, and that's who I am. That's always a good thing, you know, yeah. be strong for – for others and, and to offer support and hope. Um, so that was one of the things that I, I wanted to talk about um, is you starting the blog. What made you want to start the blog and go public? Well, Were you an activist actually, before? Well, I mean, I've been an activist for about 10 years now in D.C. And the first activism the, uh, role that I played was I played – it was a it was a group of, with students from Georgetown, D.W., and, of course, I was this long student from a state school in Maryland, and they were like, yes, yeah, so we needed a state school representative. So, Justin, you do. <laughs> like, okay, fine. Um, everybody else is from Ivy League schools. But, anyway, it was called the Students, um, God, students Opposing Brutality in Burma. It was called SOB. And we sent three students over to Burma to take pictures of what was going on over there. And two students came back. And one eventually came back, <laughs> thank God. But, um, yeah, she was held up right before she got on the plane. But um, as far as other activism, that was the first activism. It was neither gay or it was it was neither um, HIV-related. It was civil rights. 
successful. So you launched the the blog. Um, and I'm sorry. Have, yes. No, no. You launched. Yeah, it and you decided to do everything publicly, and like I said, you do it with the videos, which is great. Um, and that's why a lot yeah. of people love your blog because it's so personal. Right, and that's the thing. When I saw, I think when I started seeing YouTube becoming more of a tool, uh, especially when President Obama was using videos and using this new um, media of kind of reaching to people, I said, well, this is perfect because I, when I go and look up, you know, HIV journals, I didn't see one that was on YouTube. I didn't see one that was a video. I saw documentaries maybe, like, you know, people living, like two-hour movies and, you know, that was it. But I'm like, well, you know, I don't see one that's going day-to-day. I don't see one that's taking life of someone who's HIV positive and actually having people view it every single time they do something or something happens to them or something. You know, I didn't see that. So I said, this is perfect. This is what I'll do. And I consulted my then... But he wasn't my partner at that point, but I consulted him. I was seeing him, <laughs> and um, I was I consulted my best friend and my and um, another friend of mine. And my best friend and my partner um, actually said, "Yes, this is a good idea, you know, but just be careful." And my other friend said, "You realize that nobody's going to want to have sex with you." <laughs> and I said, "Okay, well, you know, <laughs> well." <laughs> I kind of said, I don't really care about people not wanting to have sex with me. Um, it's not the, that's not the first thing that comes into my mind when I, when I thought about making this video. It's about, it's about saving lives. It's about putting it out there. It's about what, needing people to talk about it. So that's why I did that. Now, that's one great. Of my, um, go ahead, Scott. Oh, I just think um, sort of like Robert was saying before that the videos, put such a, um, a nice spin on things and really um, show the face of HIV and AIDS today. Um, and so people can go to your blog and website and see who you are and connect with you in a way that just is, isn't possible um, by just reading a blog. And I feel like it's especially helpful for people that are in cities and towns um, all over the world that don't have that personal connection. You're really providing uh, such a huge hope and connection for everybody, everybody in the community that not only might be positive, but also might be affected by, um, by this. And uh, so I want to thank you again for all that you're doing and being such a visionary. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That, that, I've never been called a visionary before. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, your list. <laughs> it's funny because Again? a lot of people, it, it's funny because a lot of people don't realize um, such, what an impact they're having um, on the whole world. You know, I mean, you and Kenji and Deb and Robert, um, all of you um, just are making connections all over the place, you know, with, and you can tell even with the lines being flooded, the people in the guest room, I mean, the you know, the uh, chat room and um, how many visitors you have on your blog and your Facebook and all that sort of thing. So, um, you know, own that part, too. You're doing amazing, amazing work. Yeah, sometimes my partner uh, – actually, I'm sorry. Let me, let me rephrase that. He, he is now my fiancé. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, actually, um, um, he tells me sometimes, you know, he says – you know, I, I asked him, I said, so what else can I do? I said, what else can I do? I've got this, got Justin the TV journal, you know, I've got speaking engagements. What else can I do? He said, he said, Justin, you know, you're doing all you can do. He's kind of like, relax. He's kind of like, let me put that anchor on you. Just relax. You're doing all you can. So, and sometimes I feel like I'm a failure because I'm not doing as much as I know I can. And he said, Justin, you're breaking out in a sweat while you're talking. <laughs> just, just relax. You know, that and we will be married know. actually the first week of August this year. We're going to oh, P Town. Wow. Congratulations! Oh, that's great. I want to see pictures Thank and you. everything. I know you'll blog about it. <laughs> I can see it now. Actually, that entry will be called a positive union. There you go. Oh, that's because amazing. Um, well, he he's the CEO of an HIV and AIDS organization here in DC called Prevention Works. 
Uh-huh. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's actual... It's an, yeah, so it's it's kind of like when he and I got together, it was like, one of my friends said, you're the, you're the power HIV couple. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it really did make me laugh, but I was just like, okay. <laughs> you know, Justin, that's one of the things that I think I love about coming, your story and, and that you're in a relationship and a lot of people who are just newly diagnosed look and think that, you know, like they told you, they're never going to have sex with you or you're never going to be in this relationship again. And for you exactly. to be somebody who is HIV positive and to be like, I am engaged in getting married in a month <laughs> or in a few weeks. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's right. amazing hope for people who are sitting at home going, I'm never going to find anybody. I'm going to be alone. Right. And exactly. And it's, it's amazing. Right. And, you know, when people actually ask me, like, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, well, first, we're going to have to get you to calm down. <laughs> Second, it's it's not it's not going to, it's not a death threat it's not a death sentence and it that doesn't mean that you're not you're not going to find that one person that's going to truly have unconditional love for you just because you are HIV positive. That doesn't mean that nobody's going to not want to touch you. It doesn't mean that nobody's going to show affection towards you. It just means that that is something that they're going to have to accept. And yeah, and I—it's amazing and where the mind goes when you first hear that news. You know, like yours went uh, straight to "I'm not going to have any kids," and then the other right. things. And so, right. uh, where the mind goes when you hear that, uh, sort of in a crisis situation, um, is very interesting. And so, having your blog and your YouTube feed um, really gives people hope from, you know, possibly day one when they find out. Yeah. And I really hope that I just I I really hope that actually, you know, I this is this one nineteen year old and I'm gonna speak just a two minutes, one minute, um, that he's just found out that he's positive and I'm trying to get him help and I'm really trying to push for him to go see a case manager. But he's acting like a like excuse me for saying this, but he's acting of course like a teenager. So I have to kind of push him <laughs> You know, you need to go to case manager. I know, I know, I know. So I've actually driven to his house, picked him up, and taken him to the case manager and said, here, stay here until you get help. And he later on said, thank you for doing that because he that was that was all he needed. That was all he needed because he admitted to me that he was thinking about death first and he's going to die soon. Who cares? Mm. All those thoughts go through your head, and um, it's just great that now with the internet, you can find a lot of people who do things like you, um, do the right. blog like Kenji and Dab. Because it's kind of weird how all the bloggers are on tonight. You know, Kenji called in, you called in, um, Dab called in, and um, I just think it's so great that um, I have friends like y'all because you know you're amazing people, and that goes for you too, Scott. It's just really nice to be able to finally be myself and not feel like I'm going to be judged. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We're going to definitely have you come back on again. I think uh, maybe we'll rotate it every, uh, I don't know, we'll figure something out. I definitely want you to have you come back on and and talk about your blogs because we didn't even get to talk about really um, about you doing your disclosure at work um, because that was something that you just posted and is amazing that you share that with people because people are afraid to disclose the work. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I well, no problem people, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Definitely. We love having you on and I'm excited to, to come and meet you. And, um, I know I'm bringing my camera. I'm so happy. I was like, Oh, I get to meet Robert. Oh, I get to meet Dan. I get to, ah, this is awesome. <laughs> it's going to be a lot Just of fun. Awesome. So Justin, thanks for joining us and, um, enjoy the rest of your week, man. No problem, love. All right, Robert Scott, thank you so much. And I want to say thank you, especially to all the fans and all the listeners that you guys have here at PazAM.com. Thank, thank you. you, Justin. You're amazing. And keep up the, the great work. And um, keep being hyper and keep that energy up. <laughs> what makes you think I'm hyper? <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm always hyper. Mm-hmm. Good for <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, Justin. Guys more about our upcoming shows on YouTube.com backslash pause I am, and you can join us.
us at our fan community at www.pawsim.com. Scott, thanks again for sitting in. We didn't really get to talk too much with all the lines, but I enjoyed having you, man. That's all right. It was great. It's always great being here. Thanks, man. Have a great night, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Bye, everyone.